today we are going to discuss about how Krishna got married to how many wives Krishna had? <laughs> okay. The first one to that Krishna got married to was Rukmini. Rukmini was the princess of a kingdom called Bidarbha. Uh, Bidarbha is uh, yeah in uh, towards the central India and she was the daughter of the king. She had a brother whose name was Rukmi. He was a follower of Jarasandha. Like Jarasandha was very powerful king and he was Jarasandha's follower. So a demon's follower becomes a demon. So Rukmi was opposed to Krishna. And in that side, in that side <coughs> there were many such individuals. Like all the demons uh, sided together. Shishupal, Dantavakra, Shalva, etc. And so Rukmi wanted Rukmini, his sister, to get married to Shishupal. Whereas his father actually wanted Rukmini to get married to Krishna. Generally the fathers become worried about the daughter's marriage. So once Narad Muni came to their palace and so father, her father asked Narad Muni, see my daughter has come of marriageable age. So, can you please tell me who is a suitable husband, suitable match for her? My daughter is endowed with all good qualities. She is extremely beautiful. She is endowed with so many uh, wonderful qualities. Therefore, she should be given to an appropriate person. The matchmaking is done that way. Uh, according to qualification, they actually made the arrangement. Now, the father wanted, and then Narad Muni told him about uh, Krishna. How Krishna is endowed with all good qualities. Uh, he is extremely powerful. He is uh, extremely good-looking. <laughs> he is extremely wise. Uh, and in this way, uh, he started to glorify Krishna. 
and just by hearing about Krishna, Rukmini fell in love with him. And she felt that if at all I have to get married, this is the one that I will get married to. Besides him, I'm not going to accept him. So this is how we can see that just by hearing about Krishna, one can fall in love with Krishna. Like sometimes people say, oh, I haven't seen Krishna, therefore I don't know Krishna. No. Seeing Krishna is not so important. What really matters is appreciating Krishna. Like for example, Durjodhan was seeing Krishna. Like many of these demons, they saw Krishna. But did they fall in love with Krishna? No. So, <clears throat> it needs proper mentality and proper attitude to develop love for Krishna. <coughs> so, just by hearing about Krishna, Rukmini fell in love with Krishna. Now, when her father told her elder brother Rukmi uh, that he is thinking of getting her married to Krishna, Rukmi became extremely angry. He said, Krishna, he is, nobody knows what his caste is. <laughs> some say he is a Kshatriya, some say he is a Vaishya. Do you want your daughter to get some married to somebody who doesn't really have any uh, status in the society and the father was really not uh, strong enough to oppose Rukmi and when Rukmi proposed that Rukmini should get married to Shishupal, he could not protest. And Rukmini, Rukmi gave reasons. See, what an illustrious family. The king of Chedi, the son of the king of Chedi. And he is so powerful, he is so handsome, he so, you know, started to glorify him. <coughs> The father was not really bold enough to oppose, although he didn't like the idea. He also appreciated Krishna, he loved Krishna. No matter whatever his son was presenting, he, was, he wanted her to get married to Krishna. Because he could see that Krishna is endowed with all good qualities. Whereas the Shishupal, uh, he's so arrogant. Uh, he may be coming from a big family, but he's arrogant, he's uh, deceitful, uh, he's conceited, uh, he is not noble in his behavior, uh, he's demoniac. Uh, so, but he could not protest because he was afraid. Like Kamsa, 
imprisoned his father. So he was afraid that if he went against Rukmi, then Rukmi also may do something like that. Put him in prison, put him behind bars. But at the heart of his heart, he was expecting, I wish she could get married to Krishna. And when Rukmini got to know that the arrangement is being made, that she should get married to Shishupal, she had only two more days. Within two days, the marriage ceremony was to be conducted with Shishupal. The message was sent, uh, please come and take my sister in as your wife. And Shishupal came. And they also had the fear that Krishna may come and steal her. So they had that fear. So they gathered all the strength, Jarashanda, Dantavakra and all those other powerful kings also came uh, just to give him the support. In the meantime, Rukmini sent a Brahmana to Dwarka with a letter to Krishna. And the sum and substance of the letter was, I have fallen in love with you and I don't want to marry anybody else. My brother is trying to get me married to Shishupal. I would rather die than get married to anyone other than you. So please rescue me. And she even gave the uh, suggestion that on the day of the wedding, I will go to the temple of the Devi. So when I come out of the Devi temple, uh, then you kidnap me. So <clears throat> the Brahmana came, gave that message to Krishna. Krishna greeted the Brahmana with great respect and uh, Krishna was now immediately Krishna left with the Brahmana. He sent a message to his chariot driver uh, that get the chariot ready we have to go and the next morning uh, Krishna arrived there. Krishna didn't go straight to the palace but the Brahman, and in the meantime, Rukmini was waiting. What would happen now? She was in acute anxiety. Will Krishna accept me? Will Krishna come to rescue me and claim me? And then she saw this Brahmana was coming. And just by looking at his face, she could make out that he is bringing a good news. So she was very excited. So the Brahmana came and gave him the good news that Krishna is there, Krishna is coming, uh, so Krishna will come and claim him. <coughs> so then Krishna came, uh, uh, all the others, uh, so Rukmini went to the temple of the Devi, uh, Durga temple. Uh, she worshipped Durga. And as she was coming out, uh, Krishna just picked her up on a chariot and drove. 
In the meantime, Balaram got the news that Krishna left alone. So Balaram was in anxiety. So he got the army together and he also arrived uh, in Bidarva, uh, Kundingram, that's the capital. Uh, and uh, so when uh, Krishna, when this all other kings with their entire entourage and army attacked, Balaram faced them. And Balaram defeated them. So Shishupal in a miserable condition, <laughs> poor guy, he came with great expectation to get married and now his bride has been stolen away by Krishna. So, <laughs> so Jarasandha consoled him. He said, don't worry, Shishupal. Uh, victory doesn't always come. It's a matter of destiny. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. See, 17 times I was defeated, but then on the 18th time, I won. <laughs> so similarly, your time also will come. <laughs> so this is how uh, Shishupal was consoled by Jarasandha. And they all went back to their respective places, uh, totally humiliated and totally disappointed. Now, Rukmi became very, very upset that Krishna stole Rukmini. So, Rukmi got his army ready and he took a vow that I will kill Krishna, rescue my sister and bring her back here. And if I don't do that, if I don't succeed in doing that, then I'll give up my life. No, I will not come back to Kundingram again. So, <clears throat> then Kishishu, uh, Rukmi then attacked Krishna. He caught up with Krishna and he attacked Krishna. And a terrible fight ensued. Krishna alone uh, wiped out Rukmi's whole army. He went there with one Akshohini soldier. But Krishna alone wiped out. What is one Akshohini? He wiped out 23 Akshohinis of Jarasandha 17 times. For Krishna it is a child's play. And <clears throat> so then Krishna caught Rukmi and tied him up on the pole of the chariot. So at that time, uh, Rukmini fell at his feet. That please don't kill my brother. After all, he's my brother. So Krishna said, okay, I won't kill him, but I'll shave him up. Because uh, shaving up means equal to killing. I could have killed him, but I didn't kill him. If I can shave his head, I could have chopped his head off also. So then Balaram came and saw Rukmi in that condition. Balaram became quite upset with Krishna. Krishna, after all, he's your brother-in-law. You can't treat him like this. <laughs> and this is how uh, Balaram chastised Krishna 
and told him, let him go. After all, he is your relative. Now, you can't, uh, you have to accept that he is your brother-in-law. So, Krishna then let Rukmi go. In that condition, Rukmi was so humiliated. For a Kshatriya, this kind of treatment is worse than death. So then Rukmi <coughs> did not go back to Kundinga. He created his own city there and he started to live there. Then Krishna took Rukmini to Dwarka and with great pomp and grandeur Krishna's wedding was performed. Now one day, some people came to the assembly and said, uh, Ugrashen's assembly, king's assembly, and said, Suryadev has come, Suryadev has come. So, uh, they inquired, said that there is a personality, so brilliant. So it must be Suryadev, like, radiating light. But actually this was Satrajit. Uh, King Satrajit. Satrajit was a worshipper of Surya, Sun. And being pleased with Satrajit, Sun God gave him a jewel called Samantaka jewel. And Samantaka jewel was so brilliant that because Satrajit was carrying it, uh, it seemed that he became brilliant as the sun. So he came to the court of King Ugrasen and Krishna indirectly uh, told him that the best of the things should be given to the king. So Ugrasen is the king, so offered this jewel to him. But Satrajit was so attached to the jewel that he did not want, he did not pay any heed to that suggestion. Then one day, uh, Satrajit's brother, Prashen, went hunting in the forest. And when he was hunting in the forest, one lion attacked him and killed him. And the lion took the, uh, the Samantaka jewel and then the king of the boar, the king of the bears, Jambavan, he saw the lion and killed the lion and took the jewel from him. And then he took the jewel and went to his cave. And he gave this jewel to his son to play with. So when Prashen didn't come back, uh, then Satraji thought that Krishna, because Krishna wanted that jewel, maybe Krishna killed Prashen and took the jewel from him. So he started to uh, spread that uh, news, uh, wrong information. 
that Krishna, due to the greed of this jewel, had killed his brother Prashen and took away the jewel. So, <clears throat> Krishna wanted to free himself from this ill repute. So, Krishna said, okay, I'll get the jewel back. So, Krishna then went and he found that Prashen was dead. Then he went further, he saw the lion was dead. So he could understand that this lion killed Prashen. Then somebody killed the lion. Then he followed the steps and he came to a cave. And he went into the cave and he told his followers, the associates, those who were following him, the soldiers, that I am going there, so wait for me for 12 days. And if I don't come back, uh, then you consider that I am dead. So saying that Krishna, actually, actually Krishna went inside and they, he, they were posted outside to guard the gate. And there Krishna went and saw that this uh, child is playing with that jewel. So Krishna took that jewel, Samantakamani, and the child started to cry. So father Jambavan came and he was surprised to see that a human being there in his cave. So he <clears throat> challenged him. He first told him that you get out of here. Why did you intrude him? Why why are you trespassing my territory? Krishna said, look, I came to get this jewel. So your child is playing with that one, so I thought I'll take it. So he said, no, you can't take that jewel. Then Krishna refused to give it back to him. And so Jambavan attacked him. And for 27 days they fought continuously. And Jambavan couldn't defeat him. Jambavan was surprised. Who is so powerful that uh, he could fight with him for 27 days. Then on the 27th day, Jambavan was offering uh, some moss. He couldn't find any flower. On the water there, he found some moss. So he offered that moss to Lord Ramchandra, his worshipable Lord. And then after that, when he came back to fight, he found that the moss was at the feet of Krishna. So he realized, oh, this is my Lord and Master. <laughs> the uh, worship that I offered to him went to him. So he, and so he fell at his feet and uh, begged forgiveness that, uh, my Lord, I failed to recognize you. And Jambavan not only gave the jewel to Krishna, but he was feeling so, so risen, so guilty 
that he decided to offer his daughter, a very beautiful girl, Jambavati, to Krishna as his wife. So this is how Krishna got married to Jambavati. Krishna came back to and <clears throat> then Krishna called Satrajit and said that look here is your gem Samantakajura unnecessarily you are spreading some rumors against me about me that I have stolen your Samantakajura then Satrajit felt so guilty that he decided to give his daughter Satbhama in marriage to Krishna. So this is how Krishna got married to Satbhama. Then <coughs> Krishna went to visit the Pandavas. Krishna stayed with the Pandavas for some time and one day they went Krishna and Arjun went out on a chariot and they came to the bank of the Jamuna and they were just sitting there and at that time they saw an extremely beautiful girl on the river bank so Krishna told Arjun Arjun, go and find out who this girl is. So Arjun went and asked, please tell me who are you, oh beautiful one, who are you? So she said that I am the daughter of sun god, Surjadev. My name is Kalindi. And I wanted to have the Supreme Personality of Godhead as my husband. And that's why I am performing austerities here. Underneath this river, my father built a palace. So I reside there, performing austerities to get the Lord as my husband. So, Krishna, uh, Arjun then went and reported to Krishna that this lady is performing austerities in order to get the Supreme Personality of Godhead as her husband. Krishna said, oh, is it so? Okay. <laughs> Saying that, Krishna went to her and said, your desire has been fulfilled. And she also could recognize that he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So in this way, Krishna got married to Kalindi. So how many wives? Huh? Four. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> then there was two friends of Durjodhan known as Vinda and Anuvinda. And they were the king of Avanti. And it was time for uh, their sisters to get married 
in Sayambara. Sayambara means the princess selects her own husband. So, and in that, she was warned, don't select Krishna. Because these demons, they're naturally averse to Krishna. Still, <laughs> they're naturally averse to Krishna. But although she was told not to, but she actually accepted Krishna as a husband. She accepted Krishna as a husband. And she was praying that, oh, I wish I could be married to Krishna. I don't want to get married. I don't want to accept anyone else as my husband. Now when somebody wants Krishna, then what Krishna does? Is Krishna situated in everyone's heart? Does Krishna know the desire of everyone? If somebody wants to surrender to Krishna, then what will Krishna do? Krishna will come to her rescue. So Krishna came and Krishna kidnapped Mitravinda. And all the kings, they were there, they attacked, but Krishna defeated them all. This is a Kshatriya custom. When somebody takes one princess as uh, as a victory trophy in, ma in such marriage ceremony then others the other con competents uh, competent princes and king they try to stop him and in that battle Krishna defeated all of them this is how Krishna got married to Mitravinda so the fifth wife, right? Am I correct in my counting? <laughs> then <clears throat> there was a king who had a beautiful daughter. Her name was Satya. And the name of the king was Nagnajit in the province of Koshal. So Nagnajit made a condition knowing that her daughter was a special one, very special girl. So he made arrangement that she should be married, she should be given in marriage to a qualified match. And thinking that, he made a condition that there were seven completely untamable bulls and his condition was that if anyone can defeat these bulls put ropes around his nose around their nose and tame them only to that suitor he will daughter offer his daughter so one day Krishna came to his palace and Nagnajit, King Nagnajit treated him very nicely. 
uh, offered worship. He knew that Krishna is Narayan, so he worshipped him. And then finally Krishna told him, look, I would like to marry your daughter. So King Nagnajit said, that's a very good news for me. But I made a condition that anyone who would be able to uh, tame these seven bulls should be offered, my, my daughter should be offered to him. So, <clears throat> Krishna, Krishna said, fine. So, Krishna tightened his dress and went into the arena. Now, these bulls were so ferocious that they defeated many other kings and princes before. Many of them were dead, many of them left with broken limbs and not one, seven bulls like that. So, what did Krishna do? Krishna expanded him to himself into seven forms and very easily he defeated those bulls and put ropes around through their nose. That's how they tamed the bull. Because when the nose is, uh, uh, the rope passes, is passed through the nose, they become tame. And he brought those seven bulls and said, okay, here are the seven bulls and where is my bride? <laughs> so King Nagnajit was very pleased to have Krishna as his son-in-law. And but when Krishna was leaving, there is a description what Krishna, Nagnajit actually gave Krishna. He gave 10,000 cows, 3,000 fully ornamented maidservants, 10,000 chariots, 9,000 elephants, 900,000 horses. So this is how he gave the dowry. <laughs> anyway, Krishna was going back to Dwarka. Then all these kings who were defeated, they attacked Krishna. So we can see, in one hand, this is the Kshatriya spirit. They like to fight. And on the other hand, we can see how envious they are. They couldn't get, they couldn't win her. But now that Krishna won, now they are trying to stop him. And it has been described that just those bulls uh, broke their limbs. Uh, Krishna broke their limbs once again and defeated them and uh, got them out of his way. And then Krishna uh, took Mitrabinda, I'm sorry, Satya to Dwarka and got married to her. Then Krishna got married uh, to another princess. Her name is Bhadra. Another princess who also Krishna won uh, in such a uh, 
amazing way. Actually, who are these personalities? They all are Krishna's eternal consorts, Lakshmi Devi. And because they are Lakshmi's, everybody was attracted to them. And everybody came to claim these princesses as their wives. But eventually, Krishna won them because they are actually meant for Krishna. They are Lakshmi. Lakshmi is meant to be with Narayan. Lakshmi won't go to anyone else. And then finally, in this way, Krishna got married to Krishna got married to Lakshmana. Lakshmana was the daughter of the king of Madras. And she also was so beautiful and endowed with so many wonderful qualities that many kings and princes came to marry her. But her father made a condition that because she was so unusual person, so father decided that she should be given in marriage to a proper suitor. So the condition was made similar to as Draupadi's father made the arrangement. There was a fish high up. And there was a disc moving and the disc had one hole. And passing the arrow through that hole, one had to hit the target, the fish. Now, this fish was covered from all sides. So the only way the fish could be seen is in the reflection on a pool of water, in a pot in a plate rather. So many kings came, they all failed, but Krishna is the one who could hit the target and win the princess. Okay, so this is how Krishna got married to ten eight principal Queens. Now there was a demon called Narakasura. This Narakasura was so terrible a demon that the demigods were affected by him. So they went to Krishna and reported to him that look this is what Narakasura is doing. He stole the earrings of the mother of the demigods, Aditi. He has plundered the playground of the demigods and so and also they have he has stolen Varun's umbrella and all that. You know, they went and reported to Krishna. And he said that only you can deal with him, nobody else can. So Krishna said, fine, 
and Krishna went to deal with Narakasura with Sattabhama. He was so casual about it that he took his queen along with him. Uh, although Narakasura is considered to be a terrible demon. So Krishna had a terrible fight with Narakasura and he defeated Narakasura. Now Narakasura had 16,000 princesses in captivity. So uh, when Krishna killed Narakasura, Krishna released these 16,000 princesses. Narakasura stole these princesses and kept them in captivity. So these girls were rescued. The princesses were rescued. So Krishna actually made arrangement for them uh, to have proper uh, bath and properly dressed. They were in prison, so they were in a very uh, unkempt condition. So after that, you know, when they are properly fed and relaxed. So these girls approached Krishna, saying that, look, we had been in the prison of Narakasura, so no one will marry us. So since you rescued us, you marry us also. Krishna said, fine. <coughs> So this is another example how Krishna reciprocates when somebody approaches Krishna. So if you approach Krishna, will Krishna respond favorably? So are you going to approach Krishna? Yes. So this is how we all must surrender to us. So then Krishna took the 16,000 queens, 16,000 princesses to Dwarka and got married. When Narad Muni got to know that Krishna got married to 16,000 queens, Narad Muni became curious to find out how Krishna is dealing with the 16,000 queens. So Narad Muni came to Dwarka. So Narad Muni went first to Rukmini's palace and Narad Muni found that for all these 16,108 queens, Krishna has uh, that many palaces. And then Narad Muni found that in each palace, not only Krishna has 16,000 palaces, <coughs> Krishna expanded himself into that many forms. And dealing with each one, as if Krishna is only with her. So all the queens were thinking, oh, I am so fortunate Krishna is always with me. So similarly, we can also consider uh, like that we also can get Krishna as if Krishna is only with me. Therefore, do not hesitate to develop your relationship with Krishna. Don't think that Krishna doesn't have any time for you. Krishna doesn't care for you. Krishna doesn't take notice of you. No. Uh, Krishna is situated in your heart. 
in order to give you the opportunity to develop your relationship with him. So Krishna cannot expand only to 16,000 forms. Krishna can expand himself into unlimited forms. And this way every living entity can have a personal relationship with Krishna. As if Krishna you are mine. Yes, Krishna will deal with us in that way, provided we develop our love for Him. So, this is how Krishna got married to 16,000 queens. And Krishna expanded Himself into 16,000 forms. And in every, every palace, Krishna would deal with everyone every single queen, as if Krishna is only with her. And even the people there would see uh, that that Krishna is there all the time. But every day Krishna is to go to the Sudharma assembly. So everybody would see that Krishna is leaving. Uh, so 16,000 Krishna was leaving to go to Sudharma assembly. But when he came to the near the assembly, all 16,000 became one Krishna and that Krishna walked into the Sudharma assembly. So this is how Krishna performed his inconceivable pastimes. Gaur Premanande. Does anybody have any question? Hussein <coughs> was King of uh, Mathura, um, so he became king of, uh, of Dwarka, I believe. Yeah, because he shifted Mathura to Dwarka. Because Krishna uh, shifted the capital to Dwarka. So Ugrashan also was shifted. Everybody else was shifted from Mathura. So Ugrashan became the king. Um, I have a couple of questions. So you said that Krishna is situated in everyone's heart, and so he will respond based on whatever our desires or what, however we um, decide to act upon. It. But the way I see, understand it is um, the Paramatma is an expansion of Krishna, who has only sixty qualities. Well, the Krishna we want to deal with has 64. So is it possible for the 64 living Krishna to transform into one of the 64? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <clears throat> See, Krishna is situated in the heart in a neutral way, as the super soul. He is not acting. But when a devotee develops his love for Krishna, and begins to offer that love to Krishna, then Krishna doesn't stay as super soul. Then he becomes Krishna and reciprocates. Uh, then Krishna displays his all 64 qualities. Okay? At that time, he is not, as long as we are averse to Krishna, he is the super soul, inactive witness. But the moment we develop our devotion, loving devotion to Krishna, then 
he reciprocates and becomes Krishna. Huh? Okay, good question. Radharani, Krishna once proposed to get married to Radharani. I said, no, life will become boring. <laughs> so in Vrindavan, Krishna's mood with the dealings with the gopis is different. There, it's a pure, the highest form of love. The highest form of love is when there is no social consideration. Just for the sake of love, they are in love with Krishna. Alright? So that is the difference between Dwarka and Vrindavan. Yes, Satya. Yeah, is also awe and reverence. Awe and reverence, a little more intimacy, uh, like friend, some friendship is there, uh, little parental relationship is there, but not fully mature. Like Krishna is a friend, Uddhav. But that friendship is not properly developed, like in Vrindavan. Krishna has his father and mother, but that relationship in parental love is not as developed as in Vrindavan. In Vrindavan, Mother Jashoda treats Krishna just as a son. Whereas in Dwarka, Devaki and Vasudeva have a feeling that, oh, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this awareness of Lord being the Lord, do not allow them to come so close. Do not allow, enable them to develop that intimacy. Whereas in Vrindavan, uh, that intimacy is fully developed. Mathura and Ayodhya. No, Mathura is all more intimate. Uh, Ayodhya is not so intimate. Jambavan was uh, there. Jambavati was also there? Or? No, Jambavati was human form. Jambavan actually got Jambavati. Somehow he rescued her and brought her up. In that sense, she was his daughter. We understand that in the uh, Vrindavan pastimes, uh, when Krishna kills the demons, uh, by killing the demons, it uh, annihilates the uh, Anartas. Uh, does that same apply in Dwarka, when Krishna kills the kings? Yeah, yeah. They also, like Shishupal, I'll describe that afterward. Shishupal's soul merged into Krishna's body. You mentioned that um, uh, whenever Krishna did the Swayamvrat of very uh, principle that time all the kings attacked and fought before. But in case of 
Lord Ramachandra and he got the Sita's remember. That time it did happen. I mean, they didn't not other kings fought with the Lord Ram. Yeah, so we have to understand in Treta Yuga, the kings were not so demoniac. <laughs> in Dwapar Yuga, they became worse. <laughs> and in Treta Yuga, the kings were not so uh, averse to Krishna. Kings were not demoniac. The demons were demoniac, Rakshasa, Ravana and his association. Uh, you mentioned that all the, all the queens that married Krishna were expansions of the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. What about the fathers? What is the position of the fathers that they get to serve Krishna as Nara and they still can ask them please come? Yeah, due to their good fortune, they got Lakshmi Devi as their daughter. They must have done something in the past that enabled them to give them, get that good fortune. So, thank you very much. Today was relatively short class, just one hour. And I also was feeling quite tired today. <laughs> quite a hectic day today. <laughs> I had Almost three hours of interview. <laughs> and maybe Sata, you can tell us about Ro, who he is, and what's his objective. Give her this mic. seen row around the place with his wife Kimberly who's from Canada and they've got a little son Arjun. Um, he's a businessman, he's got his own company. Um, his history is he's taken Blackberry from say 700 million to 2 billion in sort of a record 18 months or something like that. So he's very prominent in the business community. We've been working on um, and what I initially started off calling an art program is in uh, uh, Singapore and um, that was inspired when we traveled with Guru Maharaj in Singapore there was a program with about a hundred people in a five-star hotel where they had a panel of five businessmen very prominent in the community they were talking on business and ethics and then Guru Maharaj was the keynote speaker who took it to a different level with the spiritual side of things so that, that inspired me, and um, Sri Pralad introduced me to Moelesh, and um, we've been working towards a similar thing, like the Arta program, but what it's turned out is it's uh, a little bit more intimate, and so today he came, he's been very excited to meet Guru Maharaj, um, and they had their interviews, he's um, interested in 12 principles of happiness and success, um, because in, in the business world, when you are at the top level like that, you're very successful materially, and then you realize it's not enough, there's something else. So, the, all the karma side of things is satisfied. You have the money and the facility, but you realize it, it's just not enough. 
So, um, Ro was very keen to meet Guru Maharaj and talk with him at, uh, about ISKCON, about spiritual uh, life. Uh, Ro is a great, uh, avid reader of Prabhupada's uh, Bhagavad Gita, as it is, and he is very keen to get the principles of the Bhagavad Gita into the business community. So he's wanting to make a short movie um, about Guru Maharaj and Iskhan and what Iskhan's greatness is, what Srila Prabhupada's greatness is. And he wants to make it more appealing to the business community and palatable and make um, leaders in the business community sort of get Prabhupada's message. So we've just been involved with quite intense shooting today. Um, we did a, an hour interview here in the garden and then we took a drive and we did a short interview near the beach. And um, yeah, so I think I was very, very satisfied with the footage. This coming week on Thursday, we have a lunch with him and a few of the people involved with setting up the Arthur Forum on the Saturday. And then on the Saturday, the 30th, we have a, a lunch for 20 prominent business people in Sydney. They're non-devotees. So it's about reaching the non-devotee community and uh, through the business leadership. So, yeah, Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you so much, Satya. I mean, whenever I come, or rather wherever I go, I push for Western preaching. Or you can say local preaching. And I'm very happy to see that you have, you are uh, doing it in a very wonderful way. Mm -hmm. And actually Ro was telling me that the dinner at his place on, is it on Thursday? Sat oh, sat I'm sorry, Saturday. So on Saturday at his place, they'll be all, uh, all Australians, white Australians. <laughs> it's high time that ISKCON takes the white touch in it. And then only it will become truly international. Otherwise ISKCON can be misunderstood as Indian Society for Krishna Consciousness. <laughs> Yeah, previously it was all white and no brown, <laughs> but now it's all brown, very little white, and now it's high time that we give it a white touch, white wash. <laughs> good, yeah, good, it'll happen. Like, you know, if the movement is something like, yeah, in waves, 
Sometimes it goes up and then it goes down, the other thing goes up. But then it will come to a point, you know, where all will be together. And that is what the future of ISKCON is. It is an international society. It's not only international, it's a universal. Like everybody should be included. Or you can say it's truly religious. What's going on in the name of religion today uh, is, you know, uh, a, a pathetic situation. The true religion is for all. And true religion is one. Right. It is, it is scientific, yeah. Right. The soul, is it a faith that everybody has a soul? Is it a faith that one grows from childhood to youth to old age? <coughs> it is a only faith that the soul transmigrates from one body to another. It's science and it's common to everyone. Is it that only the Hindus grow from childhood to youth to old age? <laughs> No, Christians, Muslims, Jews, all go through that. <clears throat> and ultimately, God is one and we have to develop our relationship with Him, irrespective of with which name we identify Him. But we have to understand that He is one without a second. He is Krishna. Somebody may say, who is God the Father? But who is God the Father? Krishna. Tashang Brahma Mahat Jonir Ahang In the vast womb of the Mother Nature, I am the seed-giving Father. He is Krishna. But unfortunately, due to lack of proper information, or mis misunderstanding, they have different concept of God. Different. Oh, God must, because it developed in Middle East, God must be Middle Eastern. Or some people, uh, generally the Roman Catholics, claim that Jesus Christ is God. Jesus never said that He is God. He is the Son of God. He is not God, the Son of God. So who is the God the Father? Krishna. So that understanding must prevail. And when, one, when everybody develops that understanding, that when we say God the Father, it's Krishna. When we say Allah, it's Krishna. When we say Jehovah, it's Krishna. Krishna means the same personality. And when you say Krishna, it's Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God. No, it's, you see, the thing is that, you know, after the long flight, you get jet lagged. And the jet lag doesn't hit you straight away. It hits you after two, three, four days. 
and this is my jet lag period. <laughs> Thank you, Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.